Podcast Magoria presents A Christmas Ghost Story The Christmas Spell, written by James Davis Henry Tillingsworth has never been much for the holiday season. Not a Scrooge type, no. He can appreciate the thought of social gatherings and often will arrange for others to partake in gatherings of their own. Henry has always preferred solitude. This year, as with the many that have since passed, he finds himself once more spending the holiday alone, just himself, a roaring fire, and the silent falling snow outside his secluded cabin, or at least, alone would be the intention until that dreadful night. Well, sir, looks like you're all stocked up for the storm. I'll be taking my leave now. Gotta get myself bundled up before that there snow on the horizon. Aren't you sure you don't want company? It is Christmas, after all. I do appreciate all the effort you put yourself through for my winter exile, but no, I won't be needing your company. Not that I don't enjoy it, but it has become a tradition for me to spend this time to reflect in solidarity. I don't know how you do it. Why, if it were me, locked up in this big old cabin, I'd surely lose my mind. Who's to say I haven't already, Bart? Who's to say I haven't already? The two-story cabin hasn't changed at all since Henry's last visit the year before, the same echo of his boots striking the floor as he walks from the entryway to the sitting room, the clacking of the hard soles bouncing off the walls and ceiling. Henry looks around, remembering all the previous years, sitting alone, sipping mold cider by the fireplace, remembering, remembering her. A few hours till midnight, Henry. Merry Christmas. Henry walks over to the front window, watching as the snow falls on the already covered pathway leading away from the cabin. Gone are the markings of a path traveled, as if no one had been there at all. He watches the snow collecting on the branches of the barren trees, each limb creaking to the added burden, the day already succumbing to darkness. Henry knew all about that burden. Henry knew all about darkness. Ooh, I've caught myself a chill. Best return to the warmth of the fire. But perhaps a bite to eat before returning to my chair. Henry walks to the kitchen. A stew had been prepared for him by groundskeeper Bart. A final kindness from an old friend. Bart, you do spoil me. I truly don't deserve this hearty meal. I only deserve my solitude. But it would be a crime to allow such a delightful stew to go to waste. Maybe a full stomach will make up for this empty cabin. Henry pours a helping of the stew into a large bowl, smelling the aromas of the ingredients. He sits alone at the dining room table. A place is made on the other side from his. But for who? As Henry begins to eat the stew, he hears a scratching at the dining room window. Odd. Perhaps a sparrow trying to seek warmth from the cold night. Ignoring the scratches, Henry continues to eat. With each passing scoop of his spoon, the scratching grows louder. A bit loud for a sparrow. Maybe a barn owl. Poor thing must be confused. I should look and see. Perhaps it's injured. Henry walks to the window and peers outside into the darkness. He sees nothing but the continuous falling of the snow. He begins to walk to the table, and as he walks, he hears the faint sound of a door opening. Bart, 
Quickly, walking to the living room, he sees the front door cracked open, snow drifting through the crack, tracking into the entrance. <sighs> Damn door latch. Surely Bart would have had this fixed before my arrival. Had I fallen asleep in the chair, I would have caught my death from that awful chill. Better clean up the snow before a puddle forms. Henry closes the door, shaking the handle, making sure the door is properly latched. He looks at the bolt on the door. He was sure he had locked it when he originally entered. He cleans up the snow, tracked into the entryway, and after cleaning up the snow, he returns to the table. The bowl is empty now. He must have finished the stew while hearing the scratching and not realized it. I must have been hungrier than I thought. That open door has cooled this cabin too much for my liking. I had better throw a few more logs on the fire and have some more cider to light a fire of my own. After some time, Henry had begun to grow tired, nodding off in his chair. On the edge of consciousness, he could hear whispers, tiny voices. A loud knock banged on the front door of the cabin, startling Henry awake. Uh, my God! Uh, who could that be? Hello? Who's there? Who could be all the way up here at this time in this storm? Henry got out of his chair, tightening his robe as he walked across the room. Not completely awake, he bumped into the end table, spilling some of his undrunk cider from earlier. Damn! I'm almost to the door, hold on! Henry arrives at the door. He pauses for a moment and listens. Only the sound of wind is all he hears. Was it just a dream? Could he have only imagined the loud sound of the banging on the other side of the door, just like he was dreaming of the tiny voices? What were they saying? While trying to remember the dream he was having, another loud bang came from the other side of the door. This time, he had definitely heard that. It wasn't a dream. It practically took the door off of its hinges. I'm right here. Who are you? I won't open the door until you tell me who you are. Help. Help. Cold. So, so cold. <laughs> who was this woman on the other side of the door? How did she get to the cabin as it was so far from the main road? Unless someone had been there, it is practically unknown. No address, no mailbox, and barely a path. A path that is especially hard to discover under the sheet of snow. Henry knew that he had to make a choice. Would he open the door for this stranger? What if it had been someone waiting for the opportunity to rob him? Henry was not a particularly rich man, but he did have some valuables with him. A desperate enough thief may confuse the cabin as the home for an eccentric rich person one that valued the life of roughing it in seclusion. Henry could understand the draw to such a life, considering it not being too far from his current situation. While losing himself in thought, he can hear the sound of someone sliding down on the other side of the door, the sound of someone that was cold and no longer strong enough to stand. Henry opens the door. As he looks down, he sees a young woman with long mouse-brown hair and ice clinging to the strands. He leans down to examine her. She's cold to the touch, as she's only dressed in a long peach-covered dress, her stockings ruined from traveling in the frozen darkness. Henry picks her up and carries her into the cabin, 
setting her down on the chez lounge across from his chair by the fire. As he looks at her for only a moment in the light of the fireplace, she looks just like her. A cold chill runs up his spine. This time it wasn't from the weather. No, this was a different chill. A chill one gets when seeing a long-lost love after some time. A lost love that has been gone and couldn't possibly be coming back. The chill of a ghost. Eliza? Henry walked closer to her. The shadows danced around her face, morphing it. She was no longer the specter of someone he had missed. She was now only a stranger again. He decided to put a kettle on for her, so when she would wake, he could warm her with some tea. As he walked from the fireplace to the kitchen, he noticed that the puddle of cider from his spilled glass was no longer there. The glass must have been empty, he thought to himself. At least, it was one less thing to worry about. Henry filled the kettle with water, enough for both of them. He knew that it was going to be a long night and will need the energy from a cup of tea. Miss, are you awake? I've got a kettle on for us to help warm you. There's leftover stew as well. If you'd like some, I can pour you a bowl. It may help you regain some of your strength. Henry walks into the sitting area by the fireplace. To his complete surprise, the young woman is gone. Miss? Where have you gone? I mean you no harm. I, If you could only come out, I'd like to ask you some questions. <laughs> I don't want to play games, miss. I'm only trying to help you. Death. 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 She's dead. She's dead. <laughs> this isn't very amusing. If you're pulling a prank, I don't appreciate it. Please come out and end this game. You must be very cold still from the outside. Yes, cold. So very cold. Cold like you. Cold like her. The last part brought back that chill. How could she know? A stranger. How could she possibly know about Eliza? Only groundskeeper Bart knew Eliza, and only Bart had known her soft voice and gentle features. But even Bart didn't know everything. He didn't know how she would stare at the other men, how she would offer her gaze to those other men in the courtyard of their apartment, how the jealousy would bubble up inside Henry. He remembered how she used to look at him that way, but she hadn't looked at him like that for some time. Henry no longer had the chill. Now he was hot. I won't have you fake being in distress and come into my cabin to play these games. Come out at once. Leave my cabin. Go back to wherever you came from. Rage! Rage! You're so angry! <laughs> as the frustration grew inside Henry, the whistle of the kettle grew louder. It was as if to represent his rage. Henry returns to the kitchen, catching a glimpse of a tiny being running from the stove and tipped over a pot of stew. What the hell? Who's there? Who else is in my home? Answer me. <laughs> Delicious leaving so tasty. You must finish your stew. What? Who are you? Are you with her? I want you all to leave. You aren't invited here. You aren't invited here. You aren't invited here. 
Henry hears a loud thud from upstairs. As he walks through the cabin, he can hear tiny footsteps all around him. On the edge of the darkness, he can see small creatures running around, barely making out their shape, some seeming to look like animals on their hind legs, some with tails, some with horns. He catches a glimpse of one peeking through the window by the front door, only to duck down when he looks at it. How many are you? How many are you? Who are you? I'm a stew. I'm a stew. You're not invited. Henry reaches the foot of the stairs. The shadows dance along the railing running up to the second floor. In the darkness, he can see the outline of a woman. Another flash of Eliza's face. It turns into something twisted. The woman begins to descend down the stairs, no longer the face of a young woman. It is now that of an ancient hag. Wrinkles twist around a grisly grin with deep valleys surrounding her eyes, dark and purple. Her teeth, what few she had, a deep mix of gray, green, and black. What was once long flowing mousy brown hair has turned into patches of stringy white and gray. Her flaky and sore-covered scalp showing through thin spiderweb-like hair. She didn't seem to be walking down the steps so much as floating, slowly growing closer and closer. My God! Henry starts to step back from the stairs. However, he is tripped by one of the animal-like creatures falling on his back. Staring in disbelief as the ancient hag continues to float down the stairs, the creatures now stepping out from the edges of darkness, all bearing horrid grins, some looking at Henry and others looking at the stairs, one portly creature licking the bowl from earlier in the evening. <laughs> Do you know why I have come? Henry watches as the old woman arrives at the base of the step. One of the creatures rushes up to her, motioning for her to pick it up. Up! Up! She reaches down to lift up the small man-like creature, its hooves clicking together, tiny hands gripping at her chest and clothes. As she cradles it in her arms, she pulls out a wrinkled breast, placing it on the mouth of the creature. It begins to suckle, making similar sounds to the one with the bowl. <laughs> I have no idea why you or these things have come to me this night. I swear to you, I have no idea. Oh, but you do. Each year you return to this place. Each year you seclude yourself from those that would ask you about her. Ask you about the night she was gone. Each year you... Henry, return to where you saw her last, the place where you killed Eliza. Henry could feel his face turn white. How could this apparition know anything about Eliza? Surely he hadn't slipped information in passing. He'd always been cautious when people would ask questions, such as, where's Eliza, and we haven't seen you two around in a while turning down invitations to gatherings, and always being vague when answering questions about the couple. Henry could feel a tightening in his throat. <clears> throat> How could you know anything about her? About us? Uh, it was a tragedy, the night I lost my dear Eliza. Remove 
her name from your tongue, you vile man. Your lies will not fool me. I have come to receive my payment for your wickedness. A life for a life. Your rage and jealousy snuffed out the flame of that beautiful child. A warmth turned to cold. The woman now floating over Henry. The scent of rotten soil filled the air. She reaches out her bony hand towards him, the skin crackling and pulling apart as she points a long finger at him, the nail blackened from dirt and dried blood. The night that you stole life, accusations of lust, claims of adultery, your own insecurities manifest in rage. How many lashings did she endure that night, tossing her out into the cold, out into the snow with only her nightgown? pleading through that very door, begging to be let back in until her voice broke, throat raw from screams and sobbing, the tears frozen to her face as she could only whisper for help. You, Henry, sat by the fire ignoring her, please. I didn't intend for her to die. I couldn't stand to look at her. She no longer loved me the way she would look at the others. And what about you, Henry? Did you not look upon the women of the university as they gathered for class, discussing their futures? Your lust to be in that future. Eliza had never lost her love for you, even as she froze that night. Even after all the torment you put her through, she tried to understand, but she didn't know what you were capable of. I would never look at the students. I'm a man of integrity. You're barely a man. You already took advantage of her. A student of yours, promising a big world, a family, a life. You convinced her to leave school, stay at home. A gilded cage, only allowed to watch the world outside her window. Only ever allowed to speak to others when you are around. Your pet. Your plaything, you couldn't handle the thought of anyone else making her laugh. Even feeling the red-hot flames of jealousy when Bart would talk to her, making his jokes. He could see the sadness behind her eyes. He knew why you were taking her out there for the winter, away from her family. The creatures were gathering closer and closer. Henry could feel himself losing strength, his arms and legs growing stiffer. He was beginning to lose feeling in his legs. Reaching down, he pulled up his pant leg, gasping in horror at what was revealed. What? what what's happening to me? My legs, they're turning to wood. <laughs> As the witch and creatures laugh, Henry begins to grow more and more weak, hardly able to move. He rolls over to crawl away. How? I I can't. I loved her. I didn't intend to. (laughs) Henry, no longer able to speak, still grasping at the wood floor to escape his terrible fate. The sound of his now wooden hands banging on the floor. The sound clacking and bouncing off the walls and ceiling. The same as his shoes from earlier that day, when he was warm and able to feel. The darkness slowly consumes his vision. The witch grabs Henry and rolls him over, her twisted smile the only thing he can see, her face slowly twisting back into one that was very familiar to him, the face of someone he had lost. Epilogue
Well, now that that snow has stopped, I had better check on Mr. Tillingsworth. Strange, the door is wide open. Henry? Are you in there, son? Groundskeeper Bart enters the cabin, the inside dark and cold, snow covering the entryway. Standing at the foot of the stairs, a wooden statue of a man that Bart recognizes. Walking up to it, he stares in disbelief, a grin coming across his face. For you, my dear Eliza. <laughs> This has been a Podcast Magoria production hosted by James Davis and Autumn Campbell. Music by James Davis. Like what you heard? Be sure to subscribe via Spotify, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts. Additionally, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook for behind-the-scenes information about future episodes and as well as other spooky things that we may be featuring in other Podcast Magoria productions. And as always, stay spooky.